0: Chapter Thirteen of Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with the Circus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dennis Sayers. Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with the Circus, by James Otis. Chapter Thirteen. Toby attempts to resign his situation at last it was possible for toby to speak of his loss with some degree of calmness and then he immediately began to reckon up what he could have done with the money if he had not lost it now see here toby said ben earnestly don't go to doing anything of that kind the money's lost and you can't get it back by talking so the very best thing for you is to stop thinkin' what you could do if you had it, and just to look at it as a goner. But, persisted Toby, I tell you there's no buts about it, said Ben rather sharply. Stop talkin' about what's gone, and just go to thinkin' how you'll get more. Do what you've a mind to the monkey, but don't keep broodin' over what you can't help. Toby knew that the advice was good, and he struggled manfully to carry it into execution but it was very hard work at all events there was no sleep for his eyes that night and when just about daylight the train halted to wait a more seasonable hour in which to enter the town the thought of what he might have done with his lost money was still in toby's mind only once did he speak crossly to the monkey and that was when he put him into the cage, preparatory to commencing his morning's work. Then he said, You wouldn't have to go in this place many times more if you hadn't been so wicked, for by tomorrow night we'd been away from this circus and on the way home and to Uncle Dan'l, Now you've spoiled my chance and your own for a good while to come, and I hope before the day is over you'll feel as bad about it as i do it seemed to toby as if the monkey understood just what he said to him for he sneaked over into one corner away from the other monkeys and sat there looking very penitent and very dejected then with a heavy heart toby began his day's work hard as had been toby's lot previous to losing his money and difficult as it had been to bear the cruelty of mr job lord and his precious partner mr jacobs it was doubly hard now while this sorrow was fresh upon him previous to this when he had been kicked or cursed by one or the other of the partners Toby thought exultantly that the time was not very far distant when he should be beyond the reach of his brutal taskmasters, and that thought had given him strength to bear all that had been put upon him. Now the time of his deliverance from this bondage seemed very far off, and each cruel word or blow caused him the greater sorrow because of the thought that but for the monkey's wickedness he would have been nearly free from that which made his life so very miserable. If he had looked sad and mournful before, he looked doubly so now, as he went his dreary round of the tent, crying, Here's your cold lemonade, or fresh-baked peanuts, ten cents a quart and each day there were some in the audience who pitied the boy because of the misery which showed so plainly in his face and they gave him a few cents more than his price for what he was selling or gave him money without buying anything at all thereby aiding him to lay up something again toward making his escape Those few belonging to the circus who knew of Toby's intention to escape, tried their best to console him for the loss of his money, and that kind-hearted couple, the skeleton and his fat wife, tried to force him to take a portion of their scanty earnings in the place of that which the monkey had thrown away. But this Toby positively refused to do, and to the arguments which they advanced as reasons why they should help him along, he only replied that, until he could get the money by his own exertions, he would remain with Messieurs, Lord, and Jacobs, and get along as best he could. Every hour in the day, the thought of what might have been, if he had not lost his money, so haunted his mind, that finally— he resolved to make one bold stroke, and tell Mr. Job-Lord that he did not want to travel with the circus any longer. As yet he had not received the two dollars which had been promised him for his two weeks' work, and another one was nearly due. If he could get this money, it might, with what he had saved again, suffice to pay his railroad fare to guilford and if it would not he resolved to accept from the skeleton sufficient to make up the amount needed he naturally shrunk from the task but the hope that he might possibly succeed gave him the necessary amount of courage and when he had gotten his work done on the third morning after he had lost his money and Mr. Lord appeared to be in an unusually good temper, he resolved to try the plan. It was just before the dinner hour. Trade had been unexceptionally good, and Mr. Lord had even spoken in a pleasant tone to Toby when he told him to fill up the lemonade pail with water, so that the stock might not be disposed of too quickly, and with too little profit. Toby poured in quite as much water as he thought the already weak mixture could receive and retain any flavor of lemon, and then as his employer motioned him to add more, he mixed another quart in, secretly wondering what it would taste like. When you're mixing lemonade for circus trade, said Mr. Lord, in such a benign fatherly tone, that one would have found it difficult to believe that he ever spoke harshly don't be afraid of water for there's where the profit comes in always have a piece of lemon peel floatin on the top of every glass and it tastes just as good to people as if it cost twice as much toby could not agree exactly with that opinion neither did he think it wise to disagree more especially since he was going to ask the very great favour of being discharged. Therefore he nodded his head gravely, and began to stir up what it pleased Mr. Lord to call lemonade, so that the last addition might be more thoroughly mixed with the others. Two or three times he attempted to ask the favour, which seemed such a great one, and each time the words stuck in his throat, until it seemed to him that he should never succeed in getting them out. Finally, in his despair, he stammered out, "'Don't you think you can find another boy in this town, Mr. Lord?' Mr. Lord moved round sideways, in order to bring his crooked eye to bear squarely on Toby, and then— There was a long interval of silence, during which time the boy's color rapidly came and went, and his heart beat very fast, with suspense and fear. "'Well, what if I could?' he said at length. "'Do you think that trade is so good I could afford to keep two boys when there isn't half work enough for one?' Toby stirred the lemonade with renewed activity, as if by this process he was making both it and his courage stronger, and said in a low voice which Mr. Lord could scarcely hear, I didn't think that, but you see, I ought to go home, for Uncle Dan'l will worry about me, and besides, I don't like the circus very well. Again, there was a silence on mr lord's part and again the crooked eye glowered down on toby so he said and toby could see that his anger was rising very fast you don't like a circus very well and you begin to think that your uncle daniel will worry about you eh (laughs) well I want you to understand that it don't make any difference to me whether you like a circus or not, and I don't care how much your Uncle Daniel worries. You mean that you want to get away from me, after I've been to all the trouble and expense of teaching you the business." Toby bent his head over the pail, and stirred away as if for dear life. If you think you're going to get away from here until you've paid me for all you've eat and all the time I've spent on you, you're mistaken. That's all. You've had an easy time with me. Too easy, in fact. And that's what ails you. Now, you just let me hear two words more out of your head about going away. Only two more. And I'll show you what a whipping is. I've only been playing with you before when you thought you was getting a whipping, but you'll find out what it means if I'm so much as see a thought in your eyes about going away, and don't you dare try to give me the slip in the night and run away. For if you do, I'll follow you, and have you arrested. Now, you mind your eye in the future it is impossible to say how much longer Mr. Lord might have continued this tirade, had not a member of the company, one of the principal riders, called him one side to speak with him. Poor Toby was so much confused by the angry words, which had followed his very natural and certainly very reasonable suggestion, that he paid no attention to anything around him, until he heard his own name mentioned, and then, fearing lest some new misfortune was about to befall him, he listened intently. "'I'm afraid you couldn't do much of anything with him,' he heard Mr. Lord say. "'He's had enough of this kind of life already, so he says, and I expect the next thing he does will be to try to run away.' "'I'll risk his getting away from you, Job,' He heard the other say, but of course I've got to take my own chances. I'll take him in hand from eleven to twelve each day, just your slack time of trade, and I'll not only give you half of what he can earn in the next two years, but I'll pay you for his time, if he gives us the slip before the season is out. Toby knew that they were speaking of him, but what it all meant he could not imagine. "'What are you going to do with them first, Job asked. "'Just put him right into the ring, and teach him what riding is. "'I tell you, Job, the boy's smart enough, "'and before the season's over I'll have him so that he can do some of the bareback acts, "'and perhaps we'll get some money out of him before we go into winter quarters.' Toby understood the meaning of their conversation only too well,' and he knew that his lot which before had seemed harder than he could bear was about to be intensified through this mr castle of whom he had frequently heard and who was said to be a rival of mr lord's so far as brutality went the two men now walked toward the large tent and toby was left alone with his thoughts and the two or three little boy customers who looked at him wonderingly and envied him because he belonged to the circus. During the ride that night, he told old Ben what he had heard, confidently expecting that that friend at least would console him. But Ben was not the champion which he had expected. The old man who had been with the circus, man and boy, nigh to forty years, did not seem to think it any calamity that he was to be taught to ride that mr castle is a little rough on boys old ben said thoughtfully but it'll be a good thing for you toby just so long as you stay with job lord you won't be nothing more'n a candy boy but after you know how to ride it'll be another thing and you can earn a good deal of money "'and be your own boss.' "'But I don't want to stay with the circus,' whined Toby. "'I don't want to learn to ride, "'and I do want to get back to Uncle Daniel.' "'That may be all true, and I don't dispute it,' said Ben. "'But, you see, you didn't stay with your Uncle Daniel "'when you had the chance, and you did come with the circus.' you've told job you wanted to leave and he'll be watching you all the time to see that you don't give him the slip now what's the consequence why you can't get away for a while anyhow and you better try to amount to something while you're here perhaps after you've got so you can ride you may want to stay and i'll see to it that you get all your wages Except enough to pay Castle for learnin' of you. I shan't want to stay," said Toby. "I wouldn't stay if I could ride all the horses at once and was gettin' a hundred dollars a day. But you can't ride one horse, and you hain't gettin' but a dollar a week. And still, I don't see any chance of you gettin' away yet a while," said Ben in a matter-of-fact tone as he devoted his attention again to the horses, leaving Toby to his own sad reflections, and the positive conviction that boys who run away from home do not have a good time, except in stories. The next forenoon, while Toby was deep in the excitement of selling to a boy no larger than himself, and with just as red hair, three cents worth of peanuts and two sticks of candy and while the boy was trying to induce him to throw in a piece of gum because of the quantity purchased job lord called him aside and toby knew that his troubles had begun i want you to go in and see mr castle he's going to show you how to ride said mr lord in as kindly a tone as If he were conferring some favor on the boy. If Toby had dared to, he would have rebelled then and there and refused to go. But as he hadn't the courage for such proceeding, he walked meekly into the tent and toward the ring. End of chapter thirteen. Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California. LibriVox.